Hey there, boss. This is Jeff Mendelson, host of the One Big Tip podcast. And I am so excited to announce my new Agents of Pod coaching program, where I teach you how to fast track your lead gen by having more conversations with your targeted clients, even if you have no list, audience, or paid ads. Head on over to agentsofpod.com slash hero, and let me show you how to be the superhero in your own business. I am also actively seeking guests for this podcast. If you know someone who is currently six figures or more in their business and they have an actionable, tangible, and measurable tip to share, please let them know about it. Just go to onebigtip.com slash guest for information on how to be a guest. I can't wait to hear from you. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. My name is Jeff Mendelson, and this is the One Big Tip Podcast. And with me today is productivity, time management, and efficiency expert, Alexis Hasselberger. Alexis knows that relying on your memory to accomplish your daily to-do tasks or your goals is not the best strategy. With over 20 years working in operations and HR for fast-paced startups, Alexis has perfected numerous productivity systems, techniques, and tricks that can be customized to fit your business needs. Some of the biggest names in the business world have turned to Alexis to help make their teams more efficient at what they do. Alexis has worked with Google, Lyft, Workday, Capital One, and Upwork, teaching different tactics so that they can be more efficient and effective as a whole. And for this call, follow along as Alexa shares these expert strategies that you can implement in your personal life or business to move ahead with more clarity and efficiency. So I love nerding out on this stuff. I am all about, you know, all those new tools and really some of the old tools that you can use to help you become efficient as well. So this is going to be a great conversation. Alexis, thank you for joining me and welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I also love nerding out on all this stuff. Awesome. So we're going to get right down to it. I would like to get a little bit of a background about you, right? Because I have spoken with a lot of productivity experts and sometimes, you know, they come across as like this really nebulous, like, oh yeah, like I know how to, you know, format, you know, here's my list. uh, Here are my tips on how to format a to-do list, right? Right. You know, and I want to be clear here. I'm sure we're going to talk about to-do list management a little bit here, but I would like to get a little bit of a background of who you are and how you became so amazing. Well, thank you. Yeah. So I spent the first 15 years or so of my career working in early stage startups here in the Bay Area, where there was basically always way more to do than people to do it. And working long hours was like not a thing that I, that I wanted to do and I was interested in. And I'd always been kind of a, a kid who was very focused on like getting a high ROI for my own time. Like I was always making deals with teachers about like, if I get an A on the test, then I don't have to go to school. You know, I don't have to go to class till the next test. Right. And so I, I was really good at figuring out how do I produce excellent work with as little time and effort as possible. And I kind of brought that into all the startups that I worked at. And I, I, I essentially managed everything that wasn't sales and engineering, right? So I'm doing operations, HR, legal finance, that kind of stuff. And I was able to do it in a, you know, well in a short amount of time. And so people started coming to me with that in mind and asking me, you know, how can we, can you help us implement this t- uh, task management system? Or, you know, at one point I had a, a CEO that came to me and said, hey, do you think you could just do a little productivity workshop for our whole company? 
company based on what you're doing already? And I was like, yeah, that sounds exciting. And then, you know, the last startups do, the last startup that I worked for went out of business several years ago. And I decided that I didn't want to work for anyone anymore and that I had a skill set that people had kept coming to me for that seemed, you know, it was it was something that I loved and I love to geek out on and I love to kind of like create efficiencies so that I could have more time for myself. And that seemed to be something that was hard for other people. And it was a skill I could teach. So uh, that's where the, the product market fit came for that. And I've been doing that for several years now and loving it, loving people, helping people to, you know, do more of what they want and less of what they don't. You know, I love that story, especially, you know, like uh, with all the work in startup right now, we are binging on two startup stories. The one, uh, the first one called The Dropout, which is uh, the one that focuses on Elizabeth Holmes and Theranos. Yep. And the other one is We Crashed, which is about uh, Adam Newman and WeWork. Yep. And you'd be surprised how much work went into creating these. So, and always after every episode, my wife and I are just discussing like, that was pretty intense. Like, how could they do, you know, forget the business implications of what they did in order to crash their, in order to crash their corporations, but the actual work in order to, in order to achieve these massive valuations, yeah. right? It's been absolutely incredible, you know, just watching it. Yeah. Um, my big question for you is, right. And I'm sure you probably get asked a couple of times, paper or digital? What is so, the best way to manage your your to-do list? Okay. So my answer is going to be a little bit of a cop-out, but it's both because I think that the reality is I think everything like your primary system should be digital because most of us have just way too much stuff going on to be writing and rewriting it. And also a, a written system can't really hold all the data. So a digital system can hold like, you know, dates, it can hold history, it can hold um, your notes around something. Whereas if you're using paper for your task list system, then you're writing and rewriting and you're losing context and you're keeping a lot in your brain. So I don't think we need to like get rid of paper altogether. Um, you know, I, I have a, a notepad sitting right next to me, but this is kind of like the temporary zone. So if I'm talking to you right now and I happen to have a thought about something I need to do, I'll just jot down a word right over here. And then after we're done with what we're doing, I will make sure that that gets into my digital system because the digital system is just much easier to uh, manipulate. It's much easier to sort and it's much easier to kind of add things on the go. So, you know, for instance, from my, to my digital system, I can add something, you know, from a smartwatch, I can add something when I'm out on a run and it's not going to get lost because it's in the cloud. Like I don't have to worry about losing, losing it on a bus or something like that. So you can use paper, but digital, I think is where we want to be most of the time. Well, I think one of the main things that, you know, when I ask people this question, right, first of all, I think age may be a factor, right? Mm -hmm. You know, people who are, you know, who came up without all these fancy devices around us as they began their careers, they might default to paper you know, like a little bit better. And that's fine. That's mm -hmm. lagging them at all. Right. But we have now the ability to see our information in multiple places. And, you know, the foundational rule for all of that is it's got to be synced, right? Yeah. Uh, whatever I'm doing on my desktop, I got to be able to see it on my phone. Mm -hmm. I have to be able to see it on my, on my watch. And you know, I have to share it with my team. We're not going to be faxing uh, agendas around anymore, right? <laughs> right. You know, right? We need to make sure that we have this, right? Now, yeah. one of the things that I see in this productivity space, right, is probably the worst thing you can do is to just create this massive to-do list that just says to-do list on the top, colon, and then a bunch of things going down. Yeah. I So I'll be honest, right? I'll raise my hand here. That's how I used to do things right? Uh -huh. 
And I used to, you know, just, I would end up creating these massive lists of 50 or 80 things that needed to get done with no organization whatsoever. And I think one of the things that, you know, kind of gets you down and kind of gets you deflated after you go through that, because after you create this list, you're like, oh yeah, okay, now I'm organized. Now I can really do it. But as, as those tasks start shifting around, you realize that some of these tasks are falling to the wayside, Mm -hmm. right? They're there day after day, month after month, and possibly even year after year. And you realize I didn't even start this thing yet. Right. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about this. So first of all, the psychology around getting this stuff out of your head Mm -hmm. and into a system. Yeah. So I think that you've said two key things, right? One is a list and one is a system. And there's a big difference between the two. And so I, you know, I used to do the same thing as you, like, you know, very early in my career, like I also did not grow up with apps and computers and, and things like that. So in the early days of my career, I had a yellow legal pad and I would write the stuff on it. And then I would cross off the stuff as I went. And then I would rewrite the whole thing for the next day. Right. And it's helpful to get things out of your head, but it doesn't help you to be less overwhelmed because you're still staring down a list and you're making decisions all the time about what should I do next? What should I do next? What should I do next? And so we get into decision fatigue. A system is kind of an upgrade from a list and a task system allows you to prioritize things and to prioritize based on the time that you actually have. And so I really, I really default to date-based prioritization. So I don't go so much for like high, medium, low, things like that. I really try to prioritize based on what time do I have available? And then what can fit in that time based on those priorities? So that I'm always looking at a list of across all my tasks and projects, what are the things I have to take action on today? And getting that other stuff that like, I might not need to think about until next week or next month or next year, that's out of my head. It's in my system and it's going to come back to me at the right time. So what you're talking about here is, and I've heard this before, putting your to-do list on your calendar. I mean, is, is that accurate or is that just one part of it? That's one part of it. Yeah. So I think that task, so I, I have, you know, a task system and things are prioritized by date. So I'm never giving myself more than I can actually do in a single day. And I'm prioritizing that based on, you know, the deadlines of things and, you know, what needs to happen, et cetera. And then I will do some time blocking on my calendar to make sure that I'm, I'm accurately assessing how much time I have. I'm estimating correctly. And so some people love to just have all these integrations and their like task system is integrated with their calendar. And that can work for some people. I find that really, really messy because there's not, you know, for every task, every task is not a two hour task or a half hour task. Lots of things are little. It's like to move this thing forward. The next action is actually just follow up with so-and-so. I don't want that on my calendar. So I might have a block called quick tasks on my calendar. And in that period of time, I'm going to be doing all the things that are quick tasks on my task system for that day. So I implement something a little bit similar. I used to use uh, Todoist. Mm-hmm. right? Which is a pretty popular cross-platform to-do yeah. list manager. Yep. Now, what, what would happen with Todoist, and this is, I don't know if this is unique to me, is that I would start putting in tasks and I would assign dates that I want to get them done. Mm-hmm. But then it started telling me you're one day late, two days late, seven days late, 14 days late, 56 days late, you know, things like that. I'm like, you know, again, it just deflates you, right? Yeah. And then yeah. I came across this, uh, this other task manager. It's only for the Mac. Uh, for the iOS and macOS series, but it's called uh, it's called Things, and mm-hmm. what that does is if you assign something to be done today, mm-hmm. it keeps on showing as today, you know, mm-hmm. tomorrow, the next day, da, 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 da. 
So it keeps on carrying it over without having that red counter, you know, that tells you just how much of a slacker you truly are. Mm -hmm. Yes. And one of the things I saw about that was like, okay, that helped me. That gave me a little bit better, you know, feel of, okay, now I feel a little bit better about myself. You know, I don't have all these red flags on my to-do list. Yep. But I'd like for you to critique this. I created a system for myself uh, based off of the, I think it's called the Eisenhower matrix. Mm -hmm. Important and urgent, uh, not important, Mm -hmm. things like that. Yeah. So what I did was that I called my top thing action this day. Like this is something Mm -hmm. I absolutely have to get done today. Yep. Right. And then I created a second one called important and urgent, right? Which is something I do need to think about. And then I created a third one called uh, less than 10 minute items. Right. Cause you know, there are a lot of things that you can do like, uh, you know, in the 20 minutes you have between yeah. one, one meeting to the next. Sure. When you're putting all that together into the grand scheme of everything that you have to do, mm-hmm. right. What are some ways that you can further optimize that? Right. Cause basically what I'm talking about here are three major categorizations, mm-hmm. right. And plus some dates around it. Yeah. What, what else can people be doing here in order to further refine that and to make sure it gets done within the right times? So I really like to think of things as how can we make it as simple as possible? Because I, I often don't, I think we should add complexity only where complexity becomes necessary. And so I, I will also say you should do what works for you. So if you have a system that's working for you, I'm not here to change that system. But I do think, you know, I want to kind of harken back to what you said around both things and Todoist and, and kind of the issues with that. So I think we need a little bit more manual engagement in our task apps. And so I don't like it when things just automatically pop to the next day because that's like sweeping water. And sometimes, quite often, the thing you didn't get to today, it might not actually be the most important thing for tomorrow, right? So I actually really strongly believe in doing a little bit of end of day planning. And this is taking 10 minutes at the end of your workday and planning for the next day, looking at your calendar, looking at your task list, looking at the time you have in between meetings, and really only assigning yourself the things you can actually do tomorrow, right? Assign yourself the things for the time that you actually have versus the time that you wish you had. And so I always will come back to, you know, how do we make it simpler? Because the simpler it is, the more likely we are, we are to continue to use it. Now, this isn't to say you can't use the Eisenhower matrix. Like, one of the tasks, the task app that I use for my home life, it has an Eisenhower matrix built into it. So you can, you can do that stuff. I like to keep those frameworks in my brain and apply them to date-based prioritization. You know, what's interesting is that, uh, I've been doing beginning of day planning, mm-hmm. right? Where I'll go through and I'll like sit down, take 10 minutes. All right. This is what I need to get done today. End of day planning completely, you know, just completely passed me. Like I didn't even think that, wow, they, like that would be smart to do you know, to make your beginning of the day planning the next day just a little bit easier, right? Okay. If you can really snake out a, you know, another five minutes just before you shut down. Like when I shut down, I, you know, I turn mm-hmm. off the computer, walk away from the desk, which is really important, you know, yeah. for home-based home-based entrepreneurs, right? Who are, who need that help in order to really disconnect and, you know, go from work and family and watching those shows with the wife and taking care of the kids' homework and all that. You know, you really do need to, you know, schedule and manage that time as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The- How do you help people like sort of manage through that in terms of like the psychology of it? Because I have to imagine that some people have a hard time of letting go of some of these poor habits that they may have developed over the course of their career though, right? 
Oh yeah, of course. I mean, habit, habit change is hard, right? But to, to address what you said about end of day versus morning planning, I think that the reason end of day planning is more effective than morning planning is kind of twofold. One reason is that when we spend a little time at the end of our workday planning for the next day, now we actually are able to mentally disconnect. So when we are not keeping that stuff in our brain, we're doing a little bit of a brain dump of, is there anything left I'm thinking about work that needs to go in my system? We're looking at our calendar. We're looking at our task list. We're making a plan for the next day. Now we get to end enter our home life without that baggage, right? We're leaving it behind and we can, so we can just disconnect. We can be with whoever we want to be with. And then it also is helpful because the next day, what happens is that now you don't have that activation energy. You don't have that morning where you're like sitting there, you got your coffee and you're like, okay, whew, okay. got to get a grip on the day. What's going to happen, et cetera. Instead, you just get to start executing against your plan. So do new things come in? Of course. But you really start with um, with kind of momentum where and the morning planning doesn't give us that much. Now, in terms of habit building, like, yes, habits are so hard <laughs> to build. And that is a huge portion of what I help people with. So, you know, there's a big difference between knowing and doing. Right. And uh, and I help people with the actual doing part of it. So, yes, there is some knowing there's some teaching, et cetera. But really helping people to uh, to figure out what are the science backed strategies that are going to work for them to help them change their habits, because what we're really doing is we have this neural pathway over here and we're trying to flip it like this. And that just takes practice and it takes um, it takes strategies and willpower is not enough and neither is motivation. Willpower is not enough. I think that's one of the things that it's like, you can want it all you want, right? Yeah. But if you don't actually put this stuff into action, if you don't, if you don't put pen to paper or fingers to keyboard to actually get this stuff recorded. And then, you know, one part we haven't really talked about, which I'd like to get your opinion on is delegation. Mm, yeah. Right. You know, because it's one thing, you know, to get this through your to-do list, right. But sometimes you're not the best person to actually get it done and yeah. to follow up on it. Yeah. Walk me through a little bit about how you, you know, especially high performers and CEOs, like when they're putting together their systems, because it's one thing to, yes, this priority needs to get done, mm -hmm. but then there's a secondary task, which is follow up, you know, making sure that it got done correctly mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. delegating it to the right person to make sure that yeah. it gets done correctly. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think that delegation, so one, not everybody has someone to delegate to, but if we're talking about people who are, you know, managers, execs, CEOs, et cetera, then they do, right? And so this is something that comes up a lot because people have two primary barriers to delegation. So one barrier they have is they think they can do it better and faster themselves, right? And this may be true in the moment, but as soon as you train somebody to do it, they're going to be able to do it just fine as well. And so you can either kind of have that long-term pain of doing it yourself forever, or you can have the short-term pain of training somebody else to do the thing. And then the other barrier that people have oftentimes for motivation, or sorry, for delegation is that they don't want to overburden people, right? They don't, which this, this comes from a really good place. And so I talk to people about like what for your organization to be efficient, who is the right person to be doing the things, right? And typically if we can, we want each person to be doing the the things that only they can do. So if you're an exec and a CEO and you're doing your own scheduling, probably not a great use of your time. That's something, and, and a lot of a lot of resistance there, right? Because people are like, nobody understands my schedule and my, you know, what I need. You can actually templatize that. Like you can get that out of your brain and through um, a little bit of iteration, somebody can learn what is in your brain around your schedule, right? And so I'm always trying to help people get to, how do I delegate these things that that somebody else could do? Like I have a plenty of stuff that only I can do, right? So how do I delegate that other stuff? 
You know, I think you named it without actually calling it out for what it is, which is this, you know, the superhero, right? Mm -hmm. If you think that you're the superhero, that you can get it done or you can get it done faster and Mm -hmm. you can't get it out of your head, then you are actually doing yourself a disservice. Right. And other people. And other people, right? Because your priority tasks are not getting done as efficiently as Mm -hmm. possible. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the way I illustrate this is, you know, so for my digital marketing agency, a lot of what we do is write. We write content, whether it's for social, for blogs, or for sales pages, you know, things like that. Now, I'm educated in this country. I speak English to a pretty high level. I have a master's degree. I can write. That said, it takes me hours, you know, to put two paragraphs together. Whereas if I just hire a writer, you know, someone who actually enjoys doing that, it can, you know, it can get done a hell of a lot faster, right? Right. And being able to figure that out and to get that off your plate as soon as possible, that is actually gold, right? And that is, you you know, that's a hard skill. That is a hard skill that people need to learn and you may not necessarily be the best at it. And there are also some subtangents off of that as well. Hiring the right person to write it for you, right? Making sure that it gets done effectively. Having someone like once they get the content back to you that it actually gets Mm -hmm. put in the right place and... Yeah. You know, and and actually gets done. So there are a lot of things to that. But I think bottom line, what we're talking about here are systems and processes, right? So I'm a big process geek. Me too. I have SOPs for everything. And Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, part of what you hit on is creating an SOP for how to create your day, how to structure your to-do list, how to structure what it is that you need to get done on any particular day. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, having a framework makes sure that you don't have to rethink it every day. Right. I mean, we lose so much efficiency to having to recreate the wheel. Right. Or switching things up. Whereas if you can kind of improve, you know, improve your process over time, um, then that is really helpful. And I think, you know, I, I think we can succinctly wrap up what you were saying there with. I think what I always think to myself is just because I can doesn't mean I should. Exactly. Right? In terms I of delegation. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. Alexis, can you please let everyone know how they can get into your world and how they can reach out to you directly if they'd like to learn more? Yeah, of course. So um, you can find me at alexishasselberger.com. There you can grab a free distraction action plan that will help you to save a few hours um, during your week by eliminating distractions. Uh, You can also join my newsletter that's free every week if you'd like to. I'm also on Instagram at do.more.stress.less and on Facebook at do more stress less. Great. The, wow. What a great Instagram handle. I was, I didn't even think of that one, you know, and it's like, wow, you know, you could really, uh, something memorable and it's, uh, it's functional at the same time. So Alexis, thank you for being here today. I really enjoy these types of conversations. I love nerding out on this stuff and, you know, just being able to compare notes on what works, what works for you and what maybe work for me or other people as well. So thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much. It's been such a fun conversation. Thank you so much for listening to the One Big Tip podcast. If you're a six to eight figure entrepreneur, business coach, or speaker who would like to be on this show, we need to talk. 
the audience for this podcast is hungry for experts and professionals who want to share their knowledge with this world. So if you're ready to share your actionable and measurable one big tip, please go to onebigtip.com slash guest and let's get your story out there. I am also crazy excited to announce my new Agents of Pod coaching program. With this program, I show busy entrepreneurs the strategies that I use to have warm conversations with my dream clients, keep my calendar book solid, and consistently have potential clients at the ready, all anxiously waiting to speak with me every single week. Head on over to agentsofpod.com slash hero and let me show you how to be the superhero in your business today. Lastly, I have a huge ask for you. Could you please share this with your audience on social media? The stories and connections that I make on this podcast have helped thousands of people, sometimes in the most profound ways. And you never know if your small action today will be the one that kickstarts your friend, a family member, or even yourself into taking massive action and starting the next multi-million dollar business. It'll be your way of just paying it forward. My name is Jeff Mendelson. You can find me on all the major social channels like LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. Thank you so much for listening.